Chapter twenty seven of the Men in the Iron Mask by Alexander Dumas, translated by William Robson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. In which Porthos is convinced without having understood anything. The good and worthy Porthos, faithful to all the laws of ancient chivalry, had determined to wait for Monsieur de Saint Aignan until sunset, and as Saint Aignan did not come, as Raoul had forgotten to communicate with his second, and as he found that waiting so long was very wearisome, Porthos had desired one of the gatekeepers to fetch him a few bottles of good wine and a good joint of meat, so that at least he might pass away the time by a means of a glass or two and a mouthful of something to eat. He had just finished when Raoul arrived, escorted by Grimaud, both of them riding at full speed. As soon as Porthos saw the two cavaliers riding at such a pace along the road, he did not for a moment doubt but that they were the men he was expecting, and he rose from the grass upon which he had been indolently reclining, and began to stretch his legs and arms, saying, "'See what it is to have good habits. The fellow is finished by coming after all. If I had gone away, he would have found no one here, and would have taken advantage of that.' He then threw himself into a martial attitude, and drew himself up to the full height of his gigantic stature. But instead of Saint-Aignan he only saw Raoul, who, with the most despairing gestures, accosted him by crying out, "'Pray, forgive me, my dear friend, I am most wretched!' "'Raoul!' cried Porthos, surprised. "'You have been angry with me,' said Raoul, embracing Porthos. "'I? What for?' "'For having forgotten you.' but i assure you my head seems utterly lost if you only knew you have killed him who saint aignan or if that is not the case what is the matter the matter is that monsieur le comte de la fere has by this time been arrested porthos gave a start that would have thrown down a wall arrested he cried by whom by d'artagnan it is impossible said porthos my dear friend it is perfectly true porthos turned toward grimaud as if he needed a second confirmation of the intelligence grimaud nodded his head and where have they taken him probably to the bastille what makes you think that as we came along we questioned some persons who saw the carriage pass, and others who saw it enter the Bastille. Oh, muttered Porthos. What do you intend to do? inquired Raoul. I, nothing, only I will not have Athos remain at the Bastille. Do you know, said Raoul, advancing nearer to Porthos, that the arrest was made by order of the king? Porthos looked at the young man as if to say, "'What does that matter to me?' This dumb language seemed so eloquent of meaning to Raoul that he did not ask any other question. He mounted his horse again, and Porthos, assisted by Grimaud, had already done the same. "'Let us arrange our plan of action,' said Raoul. "'Yes,' returned Porthos. "'That is the best thing we can do.' Raoul sighed deeply and then paused suddenly. "'What is the matter?' asked Porthos. "'Are you faint?' "'No. Only 
i feel how utterly hopeless our position is can we three pretend to go and take the bastille well if d'artagnan were only here replied porthos i am not so very certain we would fail raoul could not resist a feeling of admiration at the sight of such perfect confidence heroic in its simplicity these were truly the celebrated men who by three or four attacked armies and assaulted castles men who had terrified death itself who had survived the wrecks of a tempestuous age and still stood stronger than the most robust of the young monsieur said he to porthos you have just given me an idea we must absolutely see monsieur d'artagnan undoubtedly he ought by this time to have returned home after having taken my father to the bastille let us go to his house first inquire at the bastille said grimaud who was in the habit of speaking little but that to the purpose accordingly they hastened toward the fortress when one of those chances which heaven bestows on men of strong will caused grimaud suddenly to perceive the carriage which was entering by the great gate of the drawbridge this was the moment that d'artagnan was as we have seen returning from his visit to the king in vain was it that raoul urged on his horse in order to join the carriage and to see whom it contained the horses had already gained the other side of the great gate which again closed while one of the sentries struck the nose of raoul's horse with his musket raoul turned about only too happy to find he had ascertained something respecting the carriage which had contained his father we have him said grimaud if we wait a little it is certain he will leave don't you think so my friend unless indeed d'artagnan also be a prisoner replied porthos in which case everything is lost raoul returned no answer for any hypothesis was admissible he instructed grimaud to lead the horses to the little street jean bossier so as to give rise to less suspicion and himself with his piercing gaze watched for the exit either of d'artagnan or the carriage nor had he decided wrongly for twenty minutes had not elapsed before the gate reopened and the carriage reappeared a dazzling of the eyes prevented raoul from distinguishing what figures occupied the interior grimaud averred that he had seen two persons and that one of them was his master porthos kept looking at raoul and grimaud by turns in the hope of understanding their idea it is clear said grimaud that if the comte is in the carriage either he is set at liberty or they are taking him to another prison we shall soon see that by the road he takes answered porthos if he is set at liberty said grimaud they will conduct him home true rejoined porthos the carriage does not take that way cried raoul and indeed the horses were just disappearing down the faubourg st antoine let us hasten said porthos we will attack the carriage on the road and tell athos to flee rebellion murmured raoul porthos darted a second glance at raoul quite worthy of the first raoul replied only by spurring the flanks of his steed in a few moments the three cavaliers had overtaken the carriage and followed it so closely that their horse's breath moistened the back of it d'artagnan whose senses were ever on the alert heard the trot of the horses at the moment when raoul was telling porthos to pass the chariot 
so as to see who was the person accompanying Athos. Porthos complied, but could not see anything, for the blinds were lowered. Rage and impatience were gaining mastery over Raoul. He had just noticed the mystery preserved by Athos's companion, and determined on proceeding to extremities. On his part, D'Artagnan had perfectly recognized Porthos and Raoul also from under the blinds, and had communicated to the Comte the result of his observation. They were desirous only of seeing whether Raoul and Porthos would push the affair to the uttermost, and they did this speedily, for Raoul, presenting his pistol, threw himself on the leader, commanding the coachman to stop. Porthos seized the coachman and dragged him from his seat. Grimaud already had hold of the carriage door. Raoul threw open his arms, exclaiming, "'Monsieur le Comte! Monsieur le Comte!' "'Ah, is it you, Raoul?' said Athos, intoxicated with joy. "'Not bad, indeed,' added D'Artagnan with a burst of laughter, and they both embraced the young man and Porthos, who had taken possession of them. "'My brave Porthos, best of friends,' cried Athos, "'it is still the same old way with you.' "'He is still only twenty, said D'Artagnan. "'Brave Porthos!' "'Confound it!' answered Porthos, slightly confused. "'We thought you were being arrested.' while rejoined athos the matter in question was nothing but my taking a drive in monsieur d'artagnan's carriage but we followed you from the bastille returned raoul with a tone of suspicion and reproach where we had been to supper with our friend monsieur baisemeaux do you recollect baisemeaux porthos very well indeed and there we saw aramis in the bastille at supper ah said porthos again breathing freely he gave us a thousand messages to you and where is monsieur le comte going asked grimaud already recompensed by a smile from his master we were going home to blois how can that be at once said raoul yes right forward without any luggage oh raoul would have been instructed to forward me mine or to bring it with him on his return if he returns if nothing detains him longer in paris said d'artagnan with a glance firm and cutting as steel and as painful for it reopened the poor young fellow's wounds he will do well to follow you athos there is nothing to keep me any longer in paris said raoul then we go immediately and monsieur d'artagnan oh as for me i was only accompanying athos as far as the barrier and i returned with porthos very good said the latter come my son added the comte gently passing his arm round raoul's neck to draw him into the carriage and again embracing him grimaud continued the comte you will return quietly to Paris with your horse, and Monsieur de Valon's, for Raoul and I will mount here and give up the carriage to these two gentlemen to return to Paris in, and then, as soon as you arrive, you will take my clothes and letters and forward the whole to me at home. But, observed Raoul, who was anxious to make the Comte converse, when you return to Paris, there will not be a single thing there for you 
which will be very inconvenient i think it will be a very long time raoul ere i return to paris the last sojourn we have made there has not been of a nature to encourage me to repeat it raoul hung down his head and said not a word more athos descended from the carriage and mounted the horse which had brought porthos and which seemed no little pleased at the exchange then they embraced and clasped each other's hands and interchanged a thousand pledges of eternal friendship porthos promised to spend a month with athos at the first opportunity d'artagnan engaged to take advantage of his first leave of absence and then having embraced raoul for the last time to you my boy said he i will write coming from d'artagnan who he knew wrote very seldom these words expressed everything raoul was moved even to tears he tore himself away from the musketeer and departed d'artagnan rejoined porthos in the carriage well said he my dear friend what a day we have had indeed we have answered porthos you must be quite worn out not quite however i shall retire early to rest so as to be ready for to-morrow and wherefore why to complete what i have begun you make me shudder my friend you seem to be quite angry what the devil have you begun which is not finished listen raoul has not fought but i must fight with whom with the king how exclaimed porthos astounded with the king yes i say you great baby with the king i assure you it is with monsieur st aignan look now this is what i mean you draw your sword against the king in fighting with this gentleman ah said porthos staring are you sure of it indeed i am what in the world are we to do then we must try and make a good supper porthos the captain of the musketeers keeps a tolerable table there you will see the handsome saint aignan and will drink his health i cried porthos horrified what said d'artagnan you refuse to drink the king's health but body alive i am not talking to you about the king at all i am speaking of monsieur de saint aignan but when i repeat that it is the same thing ah well well said porthos overcome you understand don't you no answered porthos but tis all the same end of chapter twenty seven recording by john van stan savannah georgia